The Wrestling Mayhem Show. Since 2006, the pioneer in pro wrestling podcasting. This show is brought to you by IndieWrestling.us and IndieWrestling.network for your independent wrestling entertainment. Hey guys, it is a Wrestling Mayhem Show special edition broadcasting on Wrestling Mayhem Show and of course over on the uh, indie wrestling uh, uh, .us uh, platforms as well. Glad to have you all with us. Uh, tonight it's all about the Vaughn Eriks and we have in studio my good longtime friend, uh, voice of MLW in the English feed over on AAA, it's Joe Dombrowski. Good morning, Vietnam. No, 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 no. That's a, that's another thing. That's, oh. that's a, we're not doing that one. No, no, no. Sorry, that's no. all right. It's all right. It's all right. Good please. afternoon, evening, and good night, Sorg Universe. Close enough. Close enough. So, uh, but no, we 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 you know I've been authoring DVDs. You got this project coming up, so we always like to touch base when you you do have a new project. A lot of times, you know, we do see over at IndieWrestling.us and everything, and uh, we've been good partners over the years for this kind of stuff, and uh, and. And, and of course, you know, the Vaughn Eriks, everybody's looking at him these days. Iron Claw last month. Well, first of all, I guess I, I should, we should ask, did, did, did you watch the Iron Claw? I saw the Iron Claw uh, a day after it was released. Okay. Um, I, I was very much looking forward to that. Uh, and as a historian, uh, a wrestling nerd, whatever you want to say, I really appreciated a lot of attention to detail from something as simple as the match graphics of the day or the names of actual wrestlers that were on the pay sheets or if we're going to name drop a Sam Mushnick or Jerry Jarrett or somebody like that. Uh, Very time appropriate. Um, I think the most important thing for anybody watching this movie is to remember that it's not a wrestling movie and it's not a documentary. Mm -hmm. It It is a story about family. It is a story about overcoming adversity and tragedy and wrestling happens to be the backdrop mm-hmm. so um i'm not one of the folks that says well this was out of order and this wasn't uh, chrono- chronologically correct and a brother is missing yeah now here's the thing with that if i was making that movie chris would be in the movie mm-hmm. because you can't say on one hand the movie can't handle a certain amount of tragedies, but then you want to make it about the Von Erics who had a certain number of tragedies. Yes. I think inserting Chris as even as an ancillary character to at least get across the fact he idolized his brothers. He wanted to be like his brothers, just as simple as having a little kid come into some of the family scenes and saying, you know, wow, David, I want to be like you one day. And then having, you know, Fritz say, oh, go take your asthma medicine. You're too short or whatever. <laughs> Just something to, to, to establish the fact he wants it, but life circumstances aren't letting it happen. Well, you, you, you fill in for you. And I think there's a lot of people that maybe check the iron. I don't know the full history of the Von Erics. I know there's a lot of tragedy. I, I grew up, you know, watching the Texas tornado carry Von Eric in WWF, you know? So, so what is, you know, if you're just like, Hey, I've heard of the Von Erics, let's go see this. I don't know. The Von Erics are on AEW. Let's see this movie. MJF's in it. Uh, uh, uh you know, what is that missing piece of Chris, uh, from this movie? Uh, well, Chris was the youngest of the brothers. Um, he passed away at age 21 in 1991 when he took his own life. And Chris was asthmatic 
Mm -hmm. And he uh, grew up taking medication for that, which stunted his growth and made his bones very brittle. So even though he diligently worked out, and in the match that, that he's in, you'll see on, on the Von Erich dynasty, um, for his frame, he's, he's very well put together. He's in great shape. He's got good muscle on him. But the problem is it's 1990, and he's maybe five foot five, 170 pounds. His bones are very brittle. So one of his first matches, he breaks his arm, and that was a major setback. So Chris wanted it very badly, mm-hmm. but just genetics and 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 nature just weren't going to allow it to happen and and the running theme you know with mike and with all of the brothers of of having this von eric weight on their shoulders to carry this family name chris uh, the heart wanted it but the rest of him it just wasn't going to happen and unfortunately mm-hmm. he took his own life but uh i think you could have included that in the movie uh, i understand not including certain other things um you know, Carrie did not do the motorcycle accident after winning the NW World title. That was two years later. Mm-hmm. But I get that because you're not going to stop the movie to explain NWA promoter politics and boardroom yeah. meetings. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not going to say like, oh, here's here's the syndication market map of 1982. You're just going <laughs> to say, hey, we can get on ESPN and people get and that. This is something that the, the density of content wise, they could have very well made this like an eight part miniseries on HBO or something. 100%. And yeah. I, I think the proper home to really flesh out the story would have been an HBO Max or Netflix or something like sure. that. Because there was a point in the movie where I felt like the tragedies, the timeline was a little bit um, unclear, mm-hmm. where you couldn't tell if this happens a week apart or a year apart. And even just as simple as a two years later, you know, yeah, lower yeah, yeah. third or yeah. something like that, may have made that a little bit less jarring for both people that did and didn't come in understanding the story. Um, but for what it, all it's worth, I, I give high marks to the movie. I've heard from friends of friends that have really no connection to wrestling who mm-hmm. wound up, or, or people in wrestling that just didn't know the story, who come away thinking, oh, that was so sad, and mm-hmm. I feel so bad for Kevin, and this, that, and the other thing. So... Um, the film did its job. We mm-hmm. can nitpick, but but overall, I think if you're a fan of wrestling or a fan of just uh, uh, these based on true life, overcoming the odds type of stories, you should check it out. Uh, I saw it. I think I think the first weekend it was out. Uh, you know, when, when I had the first chance. And uh, oh, it was Christmas Eve Eve. I remember, you know, great thing to go into the family holidays, uh, which was when it was released that weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, so, and, and I remember seeing uh, a group of uh, uh, you know people, you know, kind of gathering around talking about the movie in a way that I don't see much outside of like Marvel movies. You right. know, what you again with different contexts and talking about it, it was like, oh, I. I didn't. Re- I knew they had some tragedy, but I didn't realize it was that bad. You know, you know, and that kind of thing. And and they, they looked like they were, you know, that age group that you know, a little older than us that maybe like grew up watching some of the Von Erichs and some of that stuff, right? So I thought that was really fascinating to see those reactions. And of course, I've seen I don't know how many people in the wrestling industry that we know locally uh, popping up like you, uh, uh, you know, that opening night, preview night or whatever it was, opening weekend and everything. It seems like everybody's like, well, we got to see the wrestling movie. And, uh, but no, I think it was a good representation of that. I think this is something that's uh, a lot of people are going to watch when it's on. I don't know. I, I don't remember who the distributor is on this one. Uh, if it's going to be on HBO Max or Peacock or whatever. So I think, I think it's going to get a lot of play there too. So, um, so, so this leads into, of course, uh, you are, um, I want to say, uh, an, an expert in, 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 
video library um what's the word i'm looking for you're the wordsmith here on commentary uh, uh not collecting restoration restoration and and compilation and uh, a little little bit of uh, um, um, uh, uh, digging and, you know, uh, uh, archaeology, I guess, a little bit sometimes. Got to get in the nooks and crannies. Yeah, exactly. And, and I was like, you know, we have a history. We, I, we were we were kind of talking post-show last night with Matt Carlin's of some of our studio wrestling, trying to get some stuff together, which did not go well. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a little bit of a, a deeper deeper well we need to go in for that. But, um, but, but you know, this is the only project you've, of course, done the, the Brian Pillman Memorial Series. Uh, you've had a few other things over the years as well. Uh, the uh, Wrestling from the Heartland with uh, uh, Les Thatcher, of course, uh, which his name popped up on, on an interview recently, I think with Moxley or somebody. So, um, but uh, so, so, so other than, you know, the Von Eric, somebody you've been looking at uh, for a while now, you know, how does this come together? So, so much of it was timing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've always been intrigued by the story. I've always been a fan of the family. Of course, the Von Eric Freebird rivalry, um, you know, what that family meant to Dallas, Texas, and what Dallas meant to the territory system at that point. Um, I'd worked with Lance and Marshall in, in Major League Wrestling for a little bit, and they are certainly their father's children. They are <laughs> they are the, the kind of soft-spoken, respectful Southern gentlemen who, you know, are incredible athletes and, and just very personable individuals, and, and, and I have nothing but great things to say. And, uh, about and, them as well. And these are the same that we're seeing uh, these days on AEW and Ring of Honor. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, the Von Erich Dynasty project was, was a product of time because the first thing that happened is I started to build a relationship with the Southmar Media Library, which mm-hmm. is uh, headed up by Mario Savoldi, which, in my opinion, is the coolest and most expansive professional wrestling library in the world, not owned by a billionaire. Uh, so being in relation to Safmar allows a few things to happen, allows some of my content to be available on their platforms and allows their content to be available on some of my platforms. And that opens the door to collaborations, to, you know, whether it's me doing voice work, whether it's me uh, uh, having an idea and we work together on it, which was basically the Vinerk was our first attempt at doing that. Um, because when you open that Savoldi door, you open the door to USWA Texas, you open the door to... Uh, ICW, which became IWCCW, opened the door to Global Wrestling Federation. You open the door to a lot of libraries that are not on Peacock and are not on any high-priced app or, or, or high, uh, you know, uh, billion-dollar investment app these days. But there's so much content there as far as hidden gems or lost to time or, you know, so many names. I mean, you look at the fact that I had tweeted out the screenshot of Kevin Von Erich versus Taz. And right. I asked Taz if he had any memories of it. And Taz said, um, yeah, I got a memory. It was horrible. And I respect that's, you know, that's Taz's opinion. And I think Taz being a uh, uh, harsh critic of probably himself and others probably made him as good as he was. And, and it still is as a commentator. So I don't fault him for that opinion at all, certainly. Um, but I looked at it as the fact that you're not okay. You're not getting, you know, Jack Briscoe and Dory Funk Jr. You're not going to get six or seven stars in the Tokyo Dome. But the sheer rareness, the fact that no one's seen this match in 33 years, and it's not Taz, it's the Tasmaniac with the bare feet and the face paint. And, I love, I love like going through that, that yeah. match list. I'm like, Tasmaniac, because I forgot about the exchange was like about yes. a month ago. And I'm like going through that list, and I'm just like, Tasmaniac, like what. And, and I checked my tweet a couple days later, and because of Taz and because of the fact some news sites picked up on it, 
Now my, my view count is a half a million. Mm -hmm. So the fact that these things are out there and people don't know, oh, Carrie teamed with Jeff Jarrett. Oh, Chris wrestled Steve Austin. Carrie wrestled a masked future Undertaker. You know, all of these names that came through, Harley Race and Ric Flair as world champions. Uh, people don't know that happened because maybe it doesn't fit in the narrative of other wrestling companies and what they're able to sell you and they're able to show you. But we're able to do that here. And, and what was most important to me about doing an eight-hour, three-disc anthology of the Von Erichs is every other Von Erich story focuses on the tragedies, and understandably so, because... Those are emotionally gripping, and they're obviously what the family is is most known for in the mainstream. And one of the reasons that that, that name lives on because that story is unlike any other. But unfortunately, I think uh, sometimes a shadow gets cast over how many good things they did. The fact these were young kids in their early twenties who were literally building a territory on their backs. Nobody went to Dallas to make money. Mm -hmm. You went to Dallas because it was a gig, mm -hmm. but nobody was like, man, Dallas is red hot. You got to head down there until the Von Erichs and the Freebirds and Chris Adams and Gino Hernandez and all of these young guys. And something you can appreciate is that, that Dallas was such a innovator in production and technology mm -hmm. because they were the first place That's doing right. four and six camera That's shoots. Right. They were the first place doing instant replay. They were the first place putting boom mics in the ring. Mm -hmm. And that was Mickey Grant. And that was, Bill Mercer, the play-by-play -play guy who uh, comes from legitimate journalism, Bill Mercer was the very first person to tell Lee Harvey Oswald he was being charged with the murder of President Kennedy. <laughs> and there's footage of that on YouTube. <laughs> so you have best of the best, one of the best voices, one of the best production people. Fritz mm -hmm. is the promoter. Uh, his kids, and you may want to cry nepotism today, but... Back then, the promoters enhanced their kids because they weren't ever going to leave the territory. They were going to stay loyal. Nobody else you can necessarily say that about. But, I mean, you think uh, David was 25 when he passed. So mm -hmm. he's 22, 23, 24 and being pegged for the world title. That's huge. Mm -hmm. You know, how many people today, even in the 40 years since then, have been that age pegged for the world title? One or two? You know, uh, those deserve to be celebrated. The fact that David can share a ring with Harley Race, Carrie can share a ring with Ric Flair, Freebirds, all the other ones. And, and we can take you back in time and show you why people were so encapsulated with this family to begin with and celebrate those triumphs as opposed to just the tragedies. You're right. You talk about those bigger platforms like, you know, the, uh, WWE does have the WCCW catalog. Mm -hmm. and, and and I think I think it's probably available on Network and Peacock. They, they probably have some of that up there. But like the biggest the biggest thing that they've done with it was the tragedy documentary yeah. that they did, which was an interesting story to learn about that. But still, like, that's that's all you have, you know. Yeah. And, and, so. and that goes up to Peacock up to October 28th, 1988, mm -hmm. when at that point, uh, the Von Erichs had sold to Jerry Jarrett, mm -hmm. which now switches to USWA, which mm -hmm. switches to Savoldi Library. Mm -hmm. So now we pick up where that left off. Mm -hmm. And now here's Carrie versus Sid Vicious. Here's Kevin versus Great Muda. All yeah, this yeah. stuff that the territory was down. Um, it wasn't the same, and people don't know what happened, but now we can bring it to you, and it's kind of a mind F moment where it's like, I didn't even know this guy was there. We're here. You're on the video version of this, uh, of this, uh, you know, Percy Pringle, yes. known as Paul Bear. Yes. And uh, an early Steve Austin. Probably rookie Steve Austin. Yeah. Yes. 
and that's Chris Von Eric. And you can see, I think if if Chris could be teleported to 2024, um, and, mm. and he wouldn't have been so injury prone, I think Chris could have a hell of a career. Absolutely. Because he doesn't have a bad body, and, and, and he was still so green here. But you could see how bad he wants it, and you can you can see the fans, and you'll be able to hear the fans on this when they come alive for him. But Chris couldn't be taken seriously at his size in that era. This is the era of the Warlord and Andre and you yeah, know guys yeah. like that. So they put him in there with Percy Pringle as kind of a manager wrestler versus a wrestler, and and Chris at that point. Um, so, but 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 we don't talk. I don't want to harp on the fact that, that Chris took his own life. I want to, I want to, I want to celebrate the fact that if Chris could, could know today that his name is part of that family legacy, mm-hmm. that he's in the WWE hall of fame, mm-hmm. he accomplished his dream and his goal because he in history now stands alongside his brothers as part of that family legacy. And I wish there was a way for Chris to know that, but since there's not, we're going to celebrate Chris and we're going to celebrate all the work that he put in to get to that point. Absolutely. So it's, it's a great, it's a great, uh, you know, and, and again, Von Eric there more than one what's in the movie. Uh, you know, we're, you really kind of dig into the, the history here. We have 14 on here. I think I don't even know how we did it. <laughs> That's a heck of a Christmas. We talk about the non-blood Von Eric's like Waldo and Lance. We talk about uh, Lacey Von Eric. We talk about Holly Von Eric. Mark. Von, I didn't even know it was a Mark Von Eric. I started doing this thing. <laughs> Von Eric's just, just came out of the woodwork. Um, but, but yeah, this is the most comprehensive and complete look at the Von Eric family name as an in-ring career entity that has ever been put together, probably ever will be put together, because I don't know who else could do this. Uh, other than the number of Von Erics, what is the biggest surprise you got out of this project and, and, and coming through all this footage? Um, I think the biggest surprise or, 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 or the coolest learning experience was just kind of tracing um, some of Kevin's journey up, up in New York for ICW and IWCCW um, and, 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 and seeing him working in front of a different crowd, you know, not just Taz, but a young Johnny Grunge from public enemy mm-hmm. on there as well. Um, I didn't know there was a Carrie Von Eric hotline. <laughs> it's a chapter marker in the DVD, but yeah. <laughs> we, we have the commercial for the <laughs> Carrie Von Eric hotline where he leans toward the camera and says, you can ask me anything. Um, I don't even know how that worked. Um, but, uh, uh, honestly, uh, biggest surprise to me was that like Muda was there because his name was super black ninja and he didn't wear the face paint. Uh, and this is before he went to NWA and started beating up sting and Ric Flair, but he made a stop in Dallas and, uh, had, had a little run with Kevin. I, lo- I love this. Uh, we got somebody in the chat over the uh, at the Twitch for IndieWrestling.us and says they watched uh, one of the Von Eric family members, uh, Carrie, Carrie Von Eric, in uh, Problem Child on VHS. I didn't know he was in that movie. I watched that movie all the time when I was a kid. I completely forgot about that. I, yeah. I have to go watch Problem Child again. I think you do. What, yeah. uh, John Ritter's in that too. That's a good, that was good, another another great flashback. Um, but uh, Three's Company, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Love that show, man. I'm a big uh, uh, Mr. Furley guy. Okay, all right. Um, but uh, no, no. So it, it's incredible. Um, so 
uh, you know, it, of course, it's going to be on Pro Wrestling Library. You can get DVDs, you know, and and I know I know some people like their physical media. That's what we're working on here at the, at the studio. Joe-Dombrowski.com for DVDs. ProWrestlingLibrary.com right. for the VOD. And there's also a DVD link there now that we've revamped. What is your, I know they're all, uh, I know they're all your favorite children here, but what is, uh, what is your favorite match out of this collection? I got to say Carrie and Ric Flair. just because that was the benchmark at that point if you could go with the world champion 30 45 60 minutes um and it's a match from hawaii too is that okay so this isn't the one mentioned in the movie this is not the one uh because the one in the movie you got to watch on peacock that's okay beating flair at the david von eric memorial parade of champions okay and then flair won the title back three weeks later but that was all japan pro wrestling so we don't have that but Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have one of the other matches uh, in Hawaii promoted by The Rock's grandmother, I believe. Mm. Um, as as illustrated in Young Rock. Yeah, so maybe there's a dra- <laughs> dramatization of that if that ever gets rebooted. But yes. uh, I love that, and I love David versus Harley Race because those mm. are the two things that, that, that solidify how big they were in the business, even with how young they are. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the two most respected wrestlers of the day were the two that controlled that world title, and that was Harley and Rick. And if they sold for you, or if they gave you the rub or the nod, you knew you were going places. And when people say if David had lived, he would have been world champion, I think it would have happened probably if the show Carey won it. Wow. Wow. Well, it's a, it's an interesting collection. It's a great great project. Uh, uh, you know, thank you for for thank thank you for digging in the wrestling dirt for this to bring out these gems so so nobody else has to you guys keep watching and we will keep digging because there's a lot more stuff i want to get my handle on. <laughs> that's that's right don't take that out of context uh so thank you everybody that's been tuning in here for this live uh, uh uh chat with joe dombrowski and if it is your first time checking us out of course we're part of the wrestling mayhem show we are live every tuesday at 9 p.m eastern time we have a lot of fun i'm trying to celebrate professional wrestling with a lot of people that have been fans and and found themselves into pro wrestling in interesting ways uh i'm talking with a lot of wrestlers young talents that you're going to know about very very soon and of course check out indywrestling.us a lot of great content there including live productions and all kinds of stuff check out the con- the live uh, event calendar to see what is coming up there and everything at indywrestling.us thank you joe for joining us prowrestlinglibrary.com joe-dombrowski.com and you're on all the social medias i'm on the x and the insta and the snapchiz and the tickety talks and all that stuff. there's another joe dombrowski out there it's the it's the one that's obviously talking about pro wrestling uh so and also great clips you 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 drop the greatest like classic clips up from time to time and and it's 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 a treasure on there as well. I got to so. sh- I got to shout out my boy Emil J who just convinced me to subscribe to a Patreon because he posted a clip of a fan throwing an ear of corn at Earl Hebner during a title match. And I don't know if that's, I can ever top that. That's a lot to unpack. It was in Kuwait, too, <laughs> just to make it weirder. That's a great sentence. It's right there. <laughs> so, Joe, always a blast hanging with you. Thank you so much. Can't wait to see what the next project's going to be here. Pleasure to be here, my friend. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Mayhem out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.